Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Maintaining a functional editorial calendar is hard. Wrangling writers and editors, copy edits and social media posts all on deadline can get very messy very fast. That's why leading creative teams at places like BuzzFeed Studios, Group 9 Media, and Time all use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule. Visit Airtable.com slash Digiday today to get $50 in free credits. Welcome to a special episode of the Digiday podcast. Today, I am joined by our CEO and founder, Nick Fries. Nick, welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Great to be here. So, long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> We're doing this uh, for a reason, because uh, it is Digiday's 10th anniversary, amazingly. It's incredible. I think we both have more gray hairs now than we did back <laughs> slightly, then. Slightly, slightly. Um, but take us back to, to 10 years ago. Give uh, us the founder's story. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, the, the anxiety and pain is washing over me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a crazy time, um, you know, in the industry and also for me personally. And I was going through a big transition and, um, it was a time, uh, when I was flat broke and literally, you know, living on my mother's couch, trying to figure out how I was going to, you know, manage you know the, the future. And, so um, I had always wanted to start my own business and I, you know, for, for years wanted to, uh, you know, to have a media company. And so this was the opportunity for me. And, you know, I'd seen um, that the publishing industry was changing and that uh, no one was really covering the, you know, the transitions that publishers were going through because moving from analog to digital. And so I thought that we could, uh, that I could um, create a conference business around that in uh -huh. the beginning. And so I had this idea to create the digital publishing and advertising conference back in 2008. And fortunately, um, you know, I had a, a good friend who liked the vision for that and uh, supported the idea. So why did you start on the event side? Because I think one of the interesting things with Digiday and, and it's funny because now a lot of people, they don't think of us first for events. They think of us for uh, the editorial content, um, the publishing business. Exactly. But, um, and most publishers do it the other way around. They, they tack on events because um, events are a good way to, to spin up some revenue. Exactly. Well, that's, that's the reason. Um, twofold. One was you can spin up revenue quickly. And you know, I had no money. So there was no way I could hire quality journalists or um, editors like yourself. Just at the to be time. clear, I was not here at the time. <laughs> yeah, you were not. Um, yeah, I was. I was begging people to to write things for us back then, but uh, we weren't really writing anything. I mean, we were just really focused in on a conference. I say we; it was just me. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have a staff. So um, you know, the idea was you could sell a couple sponsorships to pay for the event, sell a few tickets to try and make a little extra money on the event. And fortunately, I had connections in the space, on the tech side and also on the publishing side. I'd been in the publishing business for years, and uh, I'd been in the tech business for years as well. And so just sort of put those two things together, and um, you know, it worked out. But what I realized uh, after the first event uh, was done is that there was a spark. 
and people wanted to talk about how publishing was changing because of digital. I mean, it was it was going to change everything. I saw it back then, as well as most of the people that were at mm-hmm. these events. How and, much did you make on the first event? Uh, $3,000. <laughs> so <laughs> I had enough to pay for everything and then take that $3,000 and hire a salesperson. Okay. Um, who actually just worked purely on commission and uh, <laughs> gave her the $3,000 that I had. Nice. Um, but, you know, when you start off uh, with events, you start to build a community. And look, that's what media companies are anyway. They're right. communities. So it just depends on, you know, do you want to be a live community or, uh, you know, a community you're connecting with through your website or emails or, you know, social or however. Right. So f- first couple of years. Brutal. little scruffy. Brutal. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it not was tough. glamorous. Uh, not glamorous at all. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I had earned enough money and a couple of loans here and there to actually get my own place. So I was working out of my kitchen in okay. a little apartment. Yeah, it was, it was a step up and that's really what it's all about is just making little steps forward. Um, and you know, over two years, you know, we had, you know, we had created the, the brand Digiday and we were doing a number of conferences in, in mobile, in the mobile area, social publishing, you know, we went into apps. We, I mean, we tried just about everything. Right. We went where the money was. So if there was money, you know, going into, uh, ad networks, we were going to ad networks. If there was money going to apps, we, you know, you go to where, you know, you skate to where the puck is going to be. Right. And so that's what we were doing. And we just kept doing it over and over. But the one thing that we were consistent with was, um, getting the right people together um, and then also focusing in on publishers Mm because that's really where it all began and focusing on that audience. And a lot of trade publications really start from historically from the advertiser or the agency side, not from the publisher side. Right. And that's the reason that I, I started this was because no one was really trying to help the publisher make that transition from analog to digital. Mm -hmm. Um, there really wasn't anybody. I mean, there were there were some that were you know they were covering it a little bit, um, but not going all in. Saying, okay, I'm all about helping the publisher build their business, their advertising business. Um, you know, their the business off of their readers. How are they going to do that? Okay, so Digiday did a lot of events. I remember that's how I, I first uh, I was like amazed. I was like, oh my god, there's another Digiday event. There was a Digiday event for just about everything. <laughs> it was, it was, did, did you ever see the list of ideas for Digiday events? <laughs> it was pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, and also, there was, a, there was a newsletter, basically, right? There was. It was uh, there was a Digiday Daily. Yep. Yep. Because at the time, <laughs> yeah. well, at the time, because I remember the, uh, at the time, uh, we didn't have the, the domain when I, when I got here. No, it was we did digidaydaily.com. It was digidaydaily.com. <laughs> there, there was no money to buy Digiday. Right. I think they, they wanted six figures for digiday.com. Yeah. Thanks, Mark Checks. <laughs> yes. I remember. Yeah. We, squatting on it. Yeah, but we did, we did get it from them for um, like 75% less than what they were asking yeah. for, which is great. So, but the publishing was not like the core competency at the time. I mean, events were, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, you could say that loosely. I mean, I think we were really good at marketing ideas and I think we were really good at bringing people together. Um, you know, we weren't so great about the production of the events that didn't come to later. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we were good with connecting people 
and we were really good sort of marketing our brand, those two things. So you, you can't grow unless you start to fill in the other parts. Right. Um, which came after, you know, we were making a little bit more money and sort of broke even and then started to make a little bit. Then we could invest into talent. Right. Which we did. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I guess three years in, I remember we met. Um, and I knew Digiday, honestly, because like I was seeing all these events. I have no idea how I got on the email list. It was definitely not GDPR compliant, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> or can spam compliant? Yeah, I don't Probably think it was. Probably not. Um, but I was very impressed with how exactly that, which was bringing people together. Because like, I think a lot of people, um, you know, with events, um, a lot of people just, they immediately go, oh, it can't scale and stuff like this. But I think what they miss with events is that community aspect. And being able to get a bunch of people to turn out in a room is good. It's a good thing. You can build off that. You, you absolutely can. And um, there is a magic in you know live events that are that are done well and you know have the right people there. And my focus was yes, we wanted to have the right people, but we wanted those people to do business together. Right. And you know at the time there were a lot of big events, and so I thought well, you know they can take the big events. I want to do smaller more influential events. And mm. I want to focus on that because if you've got influencers and those people um, are having like great conversations and they're having a great experience and they're doing business together, like you don't need scale on that. I mean, you can just repeat over and over and over, um, you know, with, with different audiences. And so it, you know, I mean, you look at our, our publishing summit, of course it's, it's stronger than ever, but the same feeling that we had with the first one exists in the one we do now, which is people are energized um, and they're doing business together. Mm -hmm. So I, I just remember joining in. It was mostly an events company, but it was we were moving towards being a media company. I remember yes. Henry Blodgett was calling us an events events company with a website. Yes. And we, and annoyed we were, us. yeah, he, he, he was right. <laughs> he was right. But uh, the, but the vision was always to build a media company. This was the, you know, the front door. Right. So, you know, we just, we had a front door and then we had to build a house and the house is the media business. And so once you and I partnered up, um, that was, you know, the start of Digiday media, you know, as, as a real media business, because, mm -hmm you know, of, of your experience and background and, um, quality journal focus on quality journalism. Um, and that was a game changer, you know, for us. And I knew that if we wanted to have a sustained business, you know, we needed the best person in the industry to take the reins and creating the content strategy and then executing on that. Quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The content industry is constantly evolving, and to keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. That's why, when the team at Time needed a tool to manage their entire creative process, from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com Digiday to receive $50 in free credits. Okay, so big like lessons from the early years, from the first say like five years. Um, well, I mean, there, there are so many, but I, I would say the first thing is you just have to keep going, like no matter what, because 
uh, you're going to have, you know, problems all the time. You're never going to have enough resources. Um, you're never going to have enough money. Um, there are going to be constant problems. You just have to find a way to continue to, to move forward. And you also have to uh, find ways to try new things constantly um, and drop things that don't work. Like if it doesn't work, you know, don't, don't latch onto it. Just did we do Digiday Teens? Did I make that up? Yeah, no, we did not. <laughs> okay. It was it was a thought because you <laughs> we know, definitely did Digiday Local. That one. Oh, we did that one. Sticks with me exactly. So so try a lot of things. Um, you know, if it doesn't work, big deal. You know, you just you try something new. Um, but you know, get it out there, and if it does, you know, get some traction. Keep building it, and people, you know, are they're forgiving. You know, you can yeah. have something bad in the beginning. We had a lot of bad things in the beginning. We had a terrible newsletter. We had a terrible site. You know, most of our events were not good. They, I mean, they were great with people getting together. The, the content wasn't good. Yeah, I was amazed by that. I know when I joined, like, um, and it was, I, I meant it in like a good way because I was like, wow, I mean, there's a lot that's like scruffy, but that people really were very forgiving of it. You know, they and just because they of that community aspect. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think, what led. Right. I mean, that was the thing that stood out. You know, they said, oh, well, you know, the operations were terrible. You know, well, the, you know, the speakers weren't all that great. Some were great. Some weren't. There was no consistency there. Uh, you know, look, there were there were a lot of, of warts. But, um, you know, the fact is, we I think we had a spirit that was like built mm -hmm. in there. If I can if I can use that word um, that kept people coming back. Because they would see little improvements. And that was the thing about just keep moving forward. Little improvements, increments. And then the next thing you know, you look back, you're like, wow, okay, we're, we're okay. Right. And okay, now we're good. Now we're even better. And now we've got something that's quality. And so I think, you know, that's what we've been doing every day, you know, every month, every year to this 10-year period is just trying to get better mm -hmm. every day. I mean, you know how when we, when we do things, we, we always look back and say, what could we improve? Right. What did we try that was new? I, it's a good core habit, I think, um, within a company to always like say, oh, what went well? What didn't go well? What did we do new? Exactly. It's kind of basic, but <laughs> right. um, that's how you get better. Yeah. And I, I mean, I always knew early on that media had to be our core competency. I mean, we had to be the best in media because that's... Um, if you create great content, you build really strong audiences and influential audiences and a strong and, brand and a strong brand. Yeah, Cause it allows you to do so many different things. Um, which I think if, if you have like events are, are good, like from a revenue standpoint, yes. but like a brand, if your core competency is just, it is, is events, that's not very defensible. Um, but I think a brand enables you to do so many different things and that's, um, talk, talk about the business model being varied. Cause I think a lot of, you know, look, I have a lot of people on the podcast and, you know, diversification of revenue is always now like number one, two and three issue. Yes. Your eyes have to be wide all the time. I mean, today as a, you know, a media owner, um, you've got to figure out ways to make money beyond just banner ads or just advertising. You have to, um, you know, there's there's a graveyard out there of um, sites and media companies that got hooked on to uh, scale 
and an arbitrage and are no longer here. So uh, for me, it was, okay, look, um, we've got to figure out the ad thing, which, which, we, which we did and we continue to do. So we've got um, a great advertising platform for our clients and we've got great events that, that we run, um, but there had to be more. So we added award programs um, to honor the, the excellent work that was being done by brands, agencies, and publishers. Um, we started jobs community. Uh, we've done licensing deals. Um, then we started a content studio mm-hmm. and we wanted to create content for our clients. And so we do all sorts of things for our clients. It's, it's, um, everything from custom research to white papers to branded content series. Um, and we use our audience and our media platforms to, uh, carry our customers messages, um, across Digiday, Glossy and Tearsheet now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also memberships and memberships. Yes. Well, that look, that was, um, that's our big pivot right now. That, that is the big, and I was, I was thinking about it this morning on my, on my way in is that you're constantly, um, rebuilding the, you know, the, the plane while it's flying, yeah. you know, you're constantly, um, fixing and updating it. And, you know, this is uh, a really important engine for us as we go forward. Um, you know, for, for this plane that we're flying and, um, it changes the game when you get that direct relationship with a reader and they're paying you for information and high quality content. Um, not only is it become annually, you know, recurring revenue, but you have a deeper connection. Um, and it's something that you can build an incredible media business on. So, you know, if you do the numbers around subscriptions, um, they, you know, it's a great business. Yeah. And so that's, so that's where we're going. We're, you know, on, on one end it's subscriptions and paid memberships. And on the other side, it's branded content. And then we've got the business all stacked in between. Um, so we've got about 11 different ways that we, that we monetize our audience and our platforms. Right. Uh, and international, I think international was, was a big, uh, big move for us. That was. I mean, we we first wanted to go to. Um, we were we were talking about Singapore. We we're talking about China, and then we and thought so we to ourselves, we can, we can barely manage things here. How are we going to manage things all the way over there? But you know, we made the jump to the UK, and I think that was um, you know a really good move for us. Uh, you know, it took it took us a while to build it up, but now it's it's a thriving market for us, and we've got an incredible team there, mm-hmm. and Japan. And Japan, yeah. And Japan is uh, another great part of our business because we've got a, a partner that um, has created a great publishing platform for us and also does fantastic events. Okay, um, let's talk about uh, ex- extending the brand in, with new brands, extending the company with new brands, um, with the launch of Glossy and then Tearsheet. Yes. So, um, finding other industries that were being disrupted by tech, just like media was and advertising, uh, retail. So we started covering the retail beat on Digiday and then realized that, you know, there was a need in fashion and beauty and luxury for a publication like Digiday to emerge. And so two years ago, um, we spun Glossy out of Digiday. And look, it's taken us, you know, two years to get to a point where um, we've got a vibrant audience and we've got a high quality media platform and um, we've got great events and you know, we're starting to move the brand out. So if you're going to be in media, you have to be in it for the long haul. 
and you have to diversify. It's and not for tourists. It's not for <laughs> tourists. You, I mean, There's sure. A lot of easier ways to make money in this world. There, there are. Um, but if you want to build something that lasts, um, you know, you, you need to build a quality platform and then also come up with uh, new brand ideas. And so Glossy was a brand extension out of Digiday and uh, it's doing really well. And then um, we got into financial services and fintech with Tearsheet. And so that's another process for us where we're, where we're building out this, this new media brand. And mm-hmm. so that, that's going to take a couple of years to do. Right. And then adding and gather. And then adding and gather, exactly, which is, um, you know, pairing right now celebrity chefs with corporate clients to do these incredible experiences. Um, you know, we, we, we've done them in New York, we're doing them in London, we're going to do them in, in France, um, you know, in California. And uh, so we also are going to build a media platform on top of that, a media brand um, there. Right. Okay. So um, why do you remain a media optimist? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we cover a lot of it. We cover a lot. Of it. Well, I think one of the interesting things about Digiday is that we write about it, but we also live it. Like we're trying to, we're fi- trying to figure out the exact same things, <laughs> really, of most of the people that we write about. Exactly. Well, look, I'm, you know, I'm a media junkie. I, I read, you know, um, just about everything that's, that's out there. Um, and I, I just believe that people need information and they, they want to be entertained um, and they need to learn. And so we do all of that, uh, you know, day in and day out with the things that you and the team cover, uh, and publish every day. It's important. I mean, it's really important for us to do that. And mm-hmm. so, um, uh, you know, the business model, the business part of it is always a challenge. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just the way it is today. I mean, that, that's not, that's not going to change. It's not as simple as where there were, you know, three big networks and, um, you know, there were a few newspapers and, you know, I don't know, dozens of publishers that were doing well. So, um, you know, I think we're in an amazing time where people who are, are smart, um, they're creative, imaginative, uh, risk-taking, um, in this industry will will survive but they have to focus on creating great brands yeah and that's it and having that connection with the audience and having the connection with the audience so what are are your thoughts on the last 10 10 years well you've you know seven years for you (laughs) seven years for me um i don't know i mean i think it's it's obviously it's gone like amazingly i i know we were at the um at the awards our publishing awards last night and we were both saying man this is like so much different than it was, you know, even five years ago. Um, it's crazy. So I guess I'm not like surprised by, you know, it's not like we're like sitting around like patting ourselves on the back every day because there's always stuff that's no. messed up that needs to be fixed. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think the the thing that was interesting for me is, you know, I don't know if it's underestimating, but the people part, um, yes. w- was, is the, obviously the key. I know it's like cliche to say it, but like, it's a cliche that for a reason, like it's totally true. Yes. That was the other thing that, that I learned along the way is that people are the most important part of it and building a great culture. I just thought early on in the day, um, you could just hire people and just put them in, you know, you do this job, you do this job, you do this job and everything's going to be fine. Well, you know, they, people have to be aligned with, the, mm-hmm. you know, the mission, the mission and the, and the vision and the values that you have that you set. And, you know, we set those. And I think a lot of times, you know, we hired people because of need or we need to fill this spot, not because they were a fit. And right. 
so that that was a big lesson but yeah. the people part is it's everything and the other half of that i think for me that it's it's all about execution i'm sure it's the same in every industry, but particularly in the media industry. And I, I always urge our reporters when they're just like, oh, well, this is like, you know, the innovative strategy and stuff like this. I'm like, you know what? Forget about it. It's really about execution. If you execute, if you have a differentiated brand, a close connection with your audience, and you execute day in and day out, like, right. you'll probably succeed. Yeah, look, it's it's like your Eagles. The Eagles executed. They you know? did. And, um, you know, they had some incredible talent, but there were a lot of talented teams out there that, that didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, talent is is one part of it, but you have to have people who are willing to do the hard work day in and day out and do it without, you know, huge egos or attitudes um, and want to work together as a team. And it's not just all about me. Um, you know, it's a we. And that's a game changer. And I think the thing that we've done is that, you know, we have hired people who are humble, hungry, and smart. Um, and I think, um, that's made a big difference for us is that, you know, we just come in here and we work every day and, you know, we want to create, um, you know, great publications. We want to create great products for the industry and that's what drives us. Um, and we want to create a great culture here and, and, and treat people well. And I think that's another thing that, you know, I've learned over time is that, you know, you, you spend so much time with the people that you work with. Um, you know, that it's, that it's a family atmosphere and, you know, you've got to, um, you know, it's golden rule stuff where you've got to treat people mm -hmm. the way that you want to be treated. And, uh, you know, that's, that's gotta be, you know, the focus. Right. Okay. Nick, thank you. Uh, thank you, Brian. And thank you all for listening. This podcast is produced by Aditi Sangal. If you liked our show, and I, I hope you did, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now on Spotify and Anchor.fm. That's a new one. And while you're there, rate us and leave us a review. Also, please check out Digiday Live, another of Digiday's podcasts. Digiday Live features the best speakers from our events. We have up now conversations I had on stage just a couple weeks ago at our publishing summit with Click Media Group CEO Catherine Power, Politico CRO Bobby Moran, and New York Media CRO Avi Zemak. You can find Digiday Live on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thanks again. See you next week.